Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Burt's Books podcast. I was about to tell you that it's been quite a good week, like a proper real 8 out of 10. However, <coughs> excuse me, however, I've just tried to uh, start recording this podcast and my microphone has stopped working, or at least the lead has. I think I've kind of got it sorted now with a little bit of tape, um, but if I do sound a bit odd, then I apologise. Anyway... It has been a good week this week, lots and lots of orders, all packaged up, all nicely organised at my end. I feel like I might have finally got this bookselling lark, you know, down. Two books read this week, I will tell you all about them, uh, along with a little bit of news, the latest round of the Pagemaster quiz and an update on the charts, all after this music. The first of this week's books is, in fact, both of them are uh, books that aren't out yet. They're both books that are going to be coming out very, very soon. The first is Winterkill by Ragnar Jonasson. This is a big, big title for Arenda books. Uh, Let me give you the blurb. Easter weekend is approaching and snow is gently falling in Siglapfjordor. I don't know how to say that. It's an Icelandic town. The northernmost town in Iceland, as crowds of tourists arrive to visit the majestic ski slopes. Three days before Easter, a 19-year-old local girl falls to her death from the balcony of a house on the main street. A perplexing entry in her diary suggests that this may not be an accident, and when an old man in a local nursing home writes, she was murdered again and again on the wall of his room, there is every suggestion that something more sinister lies at the heart of her death. As a violent blizzard closes in, cutting the power and access to the town, police inspector Ari Four Arison must piece together the puzzle to reveal a horrible truth, one that will leave no one unscathed. I wanted to read this one, obviously because it is an Arenda title, and you know that I do love my Arenda books, but also it is because this one is something that Karen has been going on about for a, a while, and I've never read any Ragnar Jonasson. However, it is the sixth and what they're saying, the final book in the Dark Iceland series. He has written five others in this series, and they've all sold really, really well. Rendra putting this out as a limited edition hardback in December and then the paperback is coming in January. The reason I wanted to read it obviously is because of the Arenda book subscription. I wanted to know if I could read it having not read the other uh, titles in the series. And you can, it is a completely standalone story, however there are uh, sort of throwbacks to the past, uh, to uh, previous events, his relationships and stuff. And so I feel like I would have probably appreciated it more if I had read the previous books. Uh, And I will be definitely reading the previous books because this is a brilliant read. So you you sort of meet Ari for as he's trying to come to terms with the fact of what his life is now. He's a detective in a small town and he's kind of, there's no career progression there for him. He's at the top of the tree. And he's only recently just got the budget to take somebody on permanently to help him. So it's kind of like what he can do is train somebody up to replace him. 
should he ever leave to a new place, go back to Reykjavik, or head off to see, uh, or head off just in retirement if he doesn't want to do that job anymore. So uh, his girlfriend, or ex-wife, I, I can't remember now, uh, she moved away with their son, and uh, hasn't really seen them much. So they're coming back for the Easter weekend, he's going to get to see them, but then there's this death, this girl falls to her death. Does she fall or is she pushed? We don't know. Uh, he he gets called out to investigate, and there's a possibility that there's something else going on, because it's not her house. She doesn't live there. Uh, she's fallen from the balcony of an upstairs uh, room, where a man lives. He's not there. Uh, the only people who are there are the couple who live in the flat downstairs they've just buzzed her in because they've figured it was somebody renting the flat upstairs as an airbnb because that that happens a lot uh and they're starting to feel guilty for having done it uh and then an ex of ari falls gets in touch with him because she wants to show him something and she she's working at an, an old people's home and one of the uh one of the sort of patience there has written all over the wall she was murdered she was murdered uh, and this has happened this is he's done this after he's heard about the death of the girl so uh he's not entirely compassmentous he's suffering from alzheimer's and there's a bit of doubt as to whether or not what he knows you know i mean he hasn't left the the, the house how would he have the home how would he know anything about this girl but there's something in the whole story that Ari Thor is just like he doesn't quite believe that this girl uh, fell of her own volition or jumped of her own volition so he starts investigating but he's got to try and balance it with with his uh, son being in town and with potentially this ex of his who maybe is showing a bit of interest and you know maybe there's something there that they could reignite so he's, it's all about him trying to balance his life. And it's a really short, snappy book. It's written really well. Again, as with some of these other translated books, my own sort of real issue is just with some of the words and the phrases that I'm not used to. Uh, the town, for instance, as I try to <laughs> try to say, I just don't... I mean, it's got letters that I don't even know what they are. I mean, it looks like a D with a cross through the top. But I, I don't know how to pronounce that. And sometimes that does take you out of the story, particularly as uh, Ari Four, uh, Arison, his name is... Ari is one word, Four is another he's constantly referred to as Ari Four. It sounds a bit to me like referring to somebody as their first name, middle name. So again, that took me out of the out of the story a little bit. But I still really enjoyed it once I got used to it. And uh, I would totally recommend it. I think uh, definitely sign up for the Arenda Books uh, subscription. Uh, you can get the hardback of Winter Kill next month. If you don't want that, uh, but you still want to sign up, then give me a shout when you do, and I will arrange uh, a couple of other books in, for you. Uh, you may want the first two books in the series. I can definitely get those for you instead. 
because you might be one of those people who likes to read books in series order. I am definitely one of them. So I will be going back and reading uh, the first two in the Dark Iceland series. Uh, or if you don't fancy signing up to the Arenda Bundle just yet, you can, of course, pre-order this in hardback. If you are uh, not a hardback kind of guy, gal, uh, then paperback comes out in January, so you won't have long to wait. In the news this week, uh, there is only one big piece of news, and that is, of course, the Booker Prize. Uh, Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart won the prize on Thursday night, so... uh, I haven't read it yet. Uh, have you? I'm. I'm. I've heard lots of good things about it. Uh, so uh, it is definitely on my list now. Normally, I don't like books that have won the Booker, but I am going to give this one a go because so many people that I have similar tastes with have read it. Uh, so I, I feel like it's definitely one that I will like. Uh, just in case you were wondering what Shuggy Bane is all about. I will uh, give you the blurb right now. It is 1981. Glasgow is dying and good families must grift to survive. Agnes Bain has always expected more from life. She dreams of greater things. A house with its own front door and a life bought and paid for outright, like her perfect but false teeth. But Agnes is abandoned by her philandering husband and soon she and her three children find themselves trapped in a decimated mining town. As she descends deeper into drink, the the children try their best to save her, yet one by one they must abandon her to save themselves. It is her son Shuggy who holds out hope the longest. Shuggy is different, fastidious and fussy, who shares his mother's sense of snobbish propriety. The miners' children pick on him and adults condemn him as no right. The miners' children pick on him and adults condemn him as not right. But Shuggy believes that if he tries his hardest, he can be normal like the other boys and help his mother escape this hopeless place. Uh, So, as I said, it won the Booker Prize. Uh, Of course, that means it is uh, sold out everywhere um, because so many people wait until they see what wins before they're reading it. A little bit like I have. Uh, anyway, it's um, it will be back in stock soon. Um, so if you want a copy, head to birthbooks.co.uk and order one now and you'll be at the top of the list when they do arrive. Now, some may say that the next prize is more prestigious than the Booker Prize and that is, of course, the Burt's Books Book of the Year, which is voted for by you guys it's uh, at least if you are on twitter it's voted for by you uh it's it's down to the semi uh, it's down to the quarterfinals at the moment the semi-finals will uh be in place on monday the 23rd of november uh so there's eight titles still in contention shuggy bane is not one of them it got uh, knocked out uh, in an earlier round but what we have got is such a fun age versus three hours where the crawdads sing versus The Miseducation of Evie Epworth, The Thursday Murder Club versus The Authenticity Project, and The Strange World Travel Agency versus The Devil and the Dark Water. Now, I haven't actually read all of them quite. I will uh, read the remaining ones very soon so I can get an idea as to whether they really do deserve being here. But of course they do, because it's you guys that are voting for them. 
so find out uh, very shortly which one of these will be in the semi-finals and head to the Burt's Books Twitter to uh, find, find the latest round so that you can vote if you haven't yet voted. My guest this week on Pagemaster is Tracy. Tracy, tell us who you are and uh, where you are, in fact. I'm in Littlehampton on the south coast. And what do you do there? Uh, I'm a funeral arranger. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a job you. A bit of a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you uh, do you get to read a lot? I know you buy a lot. Do you get to read a lot? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do. Um, more so in the last couple of years. I've got more more sort of prolific in the last couple of years or so. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you for taking part in the quiz. Uh, you will get a Burt's Books in badge just for taking part. But if you are at the top of the leaderboard by December, and that is only a week or so away now for, uh, for, for the quiz, you will be in the running to win £100 worth of books. No pressure. No pressure at all. Uh, you will get 10 questions. Each question is worth one point and five seconds in the final round. And in the final round, you'll get the choice of two categories and you'll be asked to name as many books, authors or characters that apply to that category as you can. You need uh, 12 points or more to make it onto that leaderboard. You think you can do it? Okay. No, but we'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> There's confidence. You. Uh, if you're ready, <laughs> we'll begin. Yeah. Okay. Question one. Who wrote The Chalk Man? Oh, um, CJ Tudor. Correct. Question two. What does the C stand for in CJ Tudor? I don't know, but I'm going to go with Christine. It's Caroline, or Kaz, as she's short. Question three. A Place Called Winter by Patrick Gale is largely set in which country? Canada. It is Canada, well done. Oh, wow, that was a, yeah. Was that a complete guess? Nowhere. <laughs> yeah, complete guess. Well done. Question four. <laughs> Who appeared first in fiction? Miss Marple or Hercule Poirot? Oh, gosh. Don't know. Um, I'll go for Poirot. Poirot is the correct answer. He first appeared in 1920. Miss Marple was 1927. Question five. Which word can be put with these three words to complete book titles? Life, women, and darlings. Little? It is little. Little life, little women, and little darlings. Purely got that from little women. You're doing very well. Uh, four out of five so far. <laughs> Question six. David McKee is best known for creating which multicoloured character? The only multicoloured character I can think of is Elmer, so I'm going to go Elmer. Elmer is the correct answer. 
Yeah, I'm doing so well on guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Question seven. Mortal A Mo sorry. Mortal Engines is the first book in the Mortal Engines Quartet. But who wrote it? Philip Pullman? Oh, very close. It was Philip Reeve. Yeah. <laughs> Question eight. The Secret Commonwealth by Philip Pullman is part of which series? Uh, is that Northern Lights? It's uh, part, it's part of the sequel series. So it's part of the Book of Dust. So afraid not. Question nine. Colin Firth starred in an adaptation of which Jane Austen novel? Pride and Prejudice. Correct. And question 10. Which year saw the publication of Dogger by Shirley Hughes, The Sea, The Sea by Iris Murdoch, and the posthumous publication of The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien? Jo, I listen to these every week and I'm always about 10 years out. I'm so bad at this and I haven't even heard of the first two. <laughs> uh, 83. You were 10 years out, you were six years out. It's 1977. Well, that's probably the closest I've ever been. So. <laughs> but you managed to get six out of 10, correct? So you will have 30 seconds in the final round. Uh, there are only two envelopes left. Um, so I won't pick them at random, but uh, I, I, uh, before I tell you what they are, what are you hoping, what sort of category would be good for you? Crime fiction, I guess, really. Okay. Well, the options you have are JC or just C. I'm thinking JC. I'm thinking possibly Jilly Cooper, Josephine Cox. C, I don't know. Let's go JC. Okay. You have chosen JC. So you have 30 seconds to tell me from the moment that I finish speaking as many Jackie Collins novels as you can. Hollywood Wives, Hollywood Husbands, The Stud, The Bitch, Thrill, Hollywood Divorces, Rockstar, Power, Revenge, Murder. The world is full of married men. That's it, that's not <laughs> But you got 11. <laughs> I did. You did very well. I almost uh, lost track. You managed to get. Um, Three of the Madison Castell series in very quick in very quick succession, um, but you did it, um, and uh, yeah, so you got eleven points. That puts you on seventeen in total. So you are on the leaderboard, and with just one week, to go, just one week to go, you Fabulous. will definitely be in the finals. So congratulations! Fabulous. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
that was the penultimate round of the Page Master Quiz, and it's a new entry on the leaderboard. There is just one round left. It will be coming up next Sunday, and then it is on to semi-finals, and then the final to find out who will win that £100 worth of books. If you want to take part, well, tough. I've already got somebody lined up, but I may just decide to bring it back next year. Uh, so if you would like to get in touch in next year's quiz, please do email bert at bertsbooks.co.uk. The second book that I read this week was Dishonoured by Jem Tugwell. Now, I've spoken to you about Jem Tugwell before because he writes the I, Me series of books. There's two out at the moment, uh, and they are set in a sort of near future where there's a technology that uh, allows you to be tracked at all times. This is a break from that series. It's back to uh, sort of... Uh, current time and here's the blurb dan has it all money a fabulous home beautiful kids and a loving wife that all changes in one afternoon when a stranger turns his life upside down in one moment dan goes from a successful businessman to a criminal who could hate him enough to destroy his life and why can Dan untangle the web of lies and deceit to redeem himself? So Dan is a city banker. He runs a financial investment firm of some kind. He is about to sell it for millions and millions of pounds. He's got three other partners. They're all set to make a hundred million pounds each. They get two million on the signing and then they get the rest much, much later on, you know, through uh, sort of all sorts of contractual things that they have to do in sort of handing the company over to the new people. They've got basically a year to wait until they can get the rest of their money. Uh, they go out to celebrate, and when they are out, uh, Dan's sort of being warned by his wife, make sure you only have the one drink, uh, you know, what you like. And he does, he complies with that, he's very good. Uh, but they're all celebrating and he's feeling a bit funny and then he decides to go home early because he's not feeling quite right and he's on the tube and he sees the girl one of the waitresses from the uh, from the from the from the bar and he is sort of pressed up against her during the train journey during the tube journey and she purposefully reaches behind her, uh, unzips him and takes out his penis on the tube. And before he can even really know what's happening, she steps away, shouts that he's wanking and is being a pervert and then steps off the train. And by this point, people are videoing uh, him and his whole life is ruined. He's arrested. He's, you know, he has to plead guilty because there really is no other option. And his wife sort of kicks him out. He signs onto the sex offenders register. He has to sign up to do uh, community service. His, he's got nothing left. Uh, he can't even access his bank accounts anymore because his wife has taken all of the money out of them. And he just, all he knows is that somebody has set him up. And he is out to find out who. And he suspects the partners that he has worked with. He 
takes a long time, I think, to suspect his wife. Uh, he very early on just takes the £2 million that is in his bank account and she just transfers it across out of the joint bank account into her own. And I feel like that is done... He doesn't, he doesn't immediately suspect her for that. Uh, I mean, she kicks him out, and yeah, absolutely. But she doesn't leave him any money, any money at all, apart from what is in his own personal bank account, of which there is barely anything, a few hundred quid. Luckily, he meets a couple of people on his community uh, service team who he, he kind of makes friends with, and they they sort of start to help him out, and they're the only good bit in his life. He can't see his kids, his ex-colleagues have sort of cut all contact, and, yeah, you do feel sorry for him, especially as you learn his backstory, and you really start to feel sorry for him. And I think that's one of the big sort of uh, pluses of this book, is that it's written about a city banker who we have been taught over the years not to feel sorry for. And it's written in a way that it justifies, from his point of view, what, you know, being the city banker. For instance, he is going to have £100 million, which, yeah, it's a huge amount of money. It's, you know, nobody needs that amount of money. But in his sort of uh, way of talking, it's, uh, in his way of thinking, it's, He's worked for years and years and years building up this company and he's got a hundred million pounds out of it. He deserves that so much more than somebody who won the lottery and won a hundred million pounds and hasn't worked for it. So you can kind of see them him justifying it to himself. Uh, but at the same time, he doesn't need all of that money. Absolutely does not need it. Uh, so you you feel a bit of sympathy for him because he does need some money, but it, you know he he's he's moaning about that you know he potentially can get the two million back from his wife Felicity, but he'd have to pay a million pounds of that in um, in income tax, uh, and yeah he would, but he'd still have just over a million pounds left, and if you live yourself if you live a frugal life you can survive. For, for it's the whole life on a million pounds. So uh, so he gets a bit of sympathy from me, but not a huge amount. And actually some of the writing, you do start to wonder if maybe the author was a city banker uh, and uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't like the way that they've ended up being treated because some of, the, uh, some of the things that we're supposed to feel sympathy for or some of the way that he talks is um, you really like, mate, get over it. Uh, so yeah, you end up with this conflicting feeling of for the main character. Do you like him? Do you not like him? Well, actually, you kind of end up just wanting to see justice for him because he was framed. There's no doubt about that. And so, more than anything, you want justice for him. And that is this this book's big strength because it really takes this character who may not be all that likable and makes you root for him. And the ending of this book is not one that I saw coming. Uh, I did think he was a bit naive in not necessarily going straight for his wife. Um, but when he does, or if he does, spoiler alert, uh, 
maybe things don't quite end up how you are expecting them to. And that is all I'm going to say on the matter because I don't want to ruin anything more. Uh, that is, uh, I uh, not I me, it's Jem uh, Tugwell's Dishonoured. The I me series, which Jem Tugwell writes, is also going to have a couple of new books next year. Uh, so if you are a fan of that series, you will be very much looking forward to that. But Dishonoured is out in the early part of uh, 2021. You can pre-order that now at burtsbooks.co.uk. And I think, uh, yeah, if you really liked the IME series, you'll really like this. And um, even if you didn't like the IME series or futuristic fiction isn't for you, I think this one is... Uh, Definitely an interesting book to get your hands on. Um, one of a note, it's published by Serpentine Books, who are an indie publisher, a very small indie publisher. At the moment, they've only got three books, all by Jem Tugwell. They have a new author coming next year, and I'm going to be getting a proof of that book very, very soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, uh, Serpentine Books can uh, rise up and... Hopefully Serpentine Books will uh, be able to start publishing more books because I'm really enjoying what they've published so far. It's time for my favourite bit of the week and that is, of course, the book charts. There is just one new entry this week and that is The Ichabog by J.K. Rowling. The kingdom of Cornucopia was once the happiest in the world. It had plenty of gold, a king with the finest moustaches you could possibly imagine, and butchers, bakers and cheesemongers, whose exquisite foods made a person dance with delight when they ate them. Everything was perfect, except for the misty marshlands to the north, which, according to legend, were home to the monstrous Ichabog. Anyone sensible knew that the Ichabog was just a myth to scare children into behaving. But the funny thing about myths is that sometimes they take on a life of their own. Could a myth unseat a beloved king? Could a myth bring a once happy country to its knees? Could a myth thrust two children into an adventure they didn't ask for and never expected? If you're feeling brave, step into the pages of this book to find out. Now, in normal times, a book by J.K. Rowling would shoot straight to the top of the charts, but this is not normal times. First of all, we had a new David Walliams come out last week, and it has just had its first full week of sales. Plus, we're also in lockdown, so you will only have stumbled upon this book if you knew it was coming. And I can't say I haven't seen a huge amount of publicity for it. I mean... J.K. Rowling has been everywhere, but the book itself, not so much. So, will it get to number one, or will David Walliams stay there for a second week? There is only one way to find out, and that is by using data sourced from Nielsen Bookscan's Total Consumer Market Panel Chart. A re-entry at 10 for Nigella Lawson and Cook Eat Repeat. Dell of a Life from David Jason is down from 7 to 9. Find Them Dead by Peter James is down three places to eight, and The Sentinel by Lee and Andrew Child is down four to seven. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse by Charlie Mackenzie is up two places to six, and it's down one for the Guinness World Records at five. Diary of a Wimpy Kid is down two places to four by Jeff Kinney, and The Thursday Murder Club is up one place to three, and that's by Richard Osman. It's new in at two for The Ichabog by J.K. Rowling, which means that David Walliams has another week at number one with codename Bananas. 
Now, frustratingly, as we are in lockdown, the Nielsen BookScan can't supply volume numbers. I'm not entirely sure why. I think it's that they don't have all the data uh, or, yeah, who knows why. But we don't have all the data. So I don't know how far ahead David Walliams is from the Ichabog. My gut, though, is that it wasn't very much. This week, we saw the release of Barack Obama's new title, so it's almost certainly going to get to number one. But it's such a weird time, maybe it won't. Maybe something else will beat it. Maybe Codename Bananas will have a third week. Maybe the Ichabog will just piggy leapfrog. Maybe the Ichabog will just leapfrog into first place. Who knows? There is only one way to find out, and that is by coming back here next Sunday and listening to the Burt's Books podcast. Well, that is everything for this week. Thank you, as ever, for listening to me waffle on. Do check out burtsbooks.co.uk if you need a new book. And in the meantime, I would love to hear from you about anything book-related. Get in touch on social media at Burt's Books or via email burt at burtsbooks.co.uk. If you want to take part in the Pagemaster quiz next year, those are also the places to go. Just let me know and I will schedule you in. For now, I'm off to start getting ready for the December bundles because it is nearly that time of the month. Plus, it's also nearly time to sort out the Secret Santa presents as well. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, do head to birthsbooks.co.uk forward slash Secret Santa and pick your book to send to somebody else. I will speak to you all next